This time on Holy Ghost Notes. Things are getting out of control. What happened? This guy's bullying me. Mess with the infrastructure of the future. Nothing matters anymore. All the small things. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Tim and Matt, and we're coming at you. This is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. We are 96 episodes into this, and uh, I couldn't feel better than I do now. How about you, Matt? Uh, about the podcast or <laughs> just in general? Excellent clarification. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> about both. <laughs> uh, the podcast... I think as 100 episodes gets closer and closer, it's, it's, a, it's obviously a milestone for us. Yes. One that we never even imagined we'd reach. So it's very fulfilling to be so close to it. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking the other day, what are we going to do for our, our 100th episode? We'll have to do something special. Something, um, yeah. But, um, In fact, if any of you guys have ideas about what you want to hear for our 100th episode... Mm-hmm. We're all ears because uh, we have no ideas <laughs> as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first time we've thought about it, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I feel I feel good. I feel really grateful to have this podcast. It's been it's like reading a book. Mm. When you when you work your way through a book, you have all these different chapters, and you think you know where it's going, and then you're surprised by what you read, and then you finish the book, and you. If it was a good book, you wish there were more, but you can always look back and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that coming. Or I've learned so much since the beginning of this. Or it was really fun. I, I mean, all of those, those examples drawing from my book analogy are, are true of this and, of course, a whole lot more. Starting the podcast when we did and having it continue to run for so long, so many years, has just been amazing. Yeah. Uh, just on like Mind a personal blowing. level and then a... You know, just being able to be friends and, and talk to a buddy every two weeks consistently for that long. It's mm-hmm. like when people talk about accountability and having a protege and a mentor, this idea of someone someone knowing what's going on in your life and being able to bounce I- ideas and, and uh, just be a better human being because of your relationship with that yeah. person. That, that's been the best part of all of this. But then, of course, the inner circle and just the community that we have behind Holy Ghost, and it's been amazing. Yeah, so that's right. I, I, I couldn't be happier about it. It's been awesome. Personally, I'm tired. <laughs> On a personal level, I'm tired. Uh, I'm about 25 days into tour. Uh, the set list is 85 minutes long, 18 songs or 17 songs, plus a drum solo, plus your meet and greet, plus your drum lessons. And yeah. The days are just incredibly fulfilling and incredibly rewarding and then when you have an off day like I do today and your body's not required to play drums it sort of goes into this like oh I really needed this exhale moment and you realize just how tired you are right so I'll do my best to (laughs) show up for this it'll be a more relaxed it'll be me playing jazz versus me yeah uh, there you go. Playing 20 years of metal <laughs> yeah. for an hour and a half. <laughs> so for those of you listening, <laughs> you might be looking for uh, like some hype men to get you get you all hyped up for the day. Uh, this is probably, you probably want to press pause and 
wait until you're <laughs> about ready to wind down and <laughs> listen to the, yeah. the drawl and the <laughs> <laughs> this will be a wind down talk episode. you to sleep tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah so you've been busy on tour uh you got what you said four four days left or five days left we have four shows so we're four in grand rap we're in grand junction colorado we play mm-hmm. Denver tomorrow, which will be our biggest headline club show of all time. Presale is already has already surpassed our biggest club headline show of all time, which was in Dallas on this tour two and a half Amazing. weeks ago. Uh, so we we should be playing for about three thousand people tomorrow night in Amazing. Denver. It's just wild. And then we have a day off, and then we go to Arkansas, then we go to Nashville, and then we go to Charlotte, and then we head back home. And what we're going to do now with the band is we're splitting the tour into two legs. So instead yeah. of doing 45 shows or so in a row on our 20-year anniversary tour, we're like, let's actually split those into two, put a month mm-hmm. break in between, spend time with family, spend time at home, send our crew home, send everything home. We'll come back together in three and a half weeks, and we'll go at it again. Yeah. And you know what? It's been, it's been awesome to have that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. When the tunnel's always been under the mountain the entire way through, and it seems like it's so far away. And then to have this, like, someone, someone, someone drilled a hole from the top of the mountain down through, and there's light in the middle. Right, yeah. It's, it's a whole new experience for us as a band, and I'm sure our crew is excited about it, too. They're working their butts yeah. off. In fact, yeah. yesterday, um, we had a little issue with our box truck, which, which hauls all of our production. Uh, our driver was pulled over, and he was grounded for 10 hours. So, Oof. long story short... One in a million chance that this happens. Um, our crew knocked it out of the park, started setting up lights when they got there at 3 p.m. and staging in Vegas. Doors opened at 6.30. By the way, it was an early door. Usually doors are at 7. Yeah. And the show played. And they're used to loading in at 10.30. Man, oh man. So they lost four and a half hours and they still knocked it out of the park. And if you need any proof of that, the pictures from last night are insane. The light show was awesome, partly because we had the potential to have this higher ceiling, I think, was part of it. And the, and the, yeah. the house light rig was awesome. But just, just our crew did an amazing job. In fact, I yeah. finished my drum solo last night. And at times I'll say something into the mic. And last night I was compelled to be like, listen up. Thank you, Vegas. This has been an amazing show. We got to give it up for our crew. They made this happen. We weren't sure we were going to have a light show tonight, and here we are. Give it up for them. And the crowd just went nuts. It was awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Electric. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. I was excited when you told me that uh, you were going to be splitting up the the tour. Uh, that's like a, it's a really cool idea, um, mm-hmm. especially just because you know you guys all have families at home now and mm-hmm. it's a long time to be away you know yeah so it's nice to break it up a little bit and it really is yeah. you know the most important thing in my life is is uh my relationship with my family and my relationship with god and one of those i found is is strengthened on tour mm-hmm. um which is my relationship with god and the other is strengthened in a way but also, you can never build a strong relationship in terms of quality time with someone if you're not there with them. Mm. 
So right. it's it's really awesome that I get to see my wife in six days. I cannot wait to be home and, and see her and catch up and uh, see my family and be on the farm and just all of that just makes you never take for granted ever again anything that you have at home, um, which is one of the pros of touring, like we yeah. talked about before. I think everyone should have the experience of having to leave home because a lot of your complaints about your spouse or your partner or your house or your job will become trivial, I think, if, if you realize that it's, it's not a given that you have these yeah. things. And it's, it's not just there all the time for the taking. And, and um, it's, not, it's, not, it's actually a luxury. It's not just a given. Yeah. yeah. So six That's days and we're back home. Six days. Yeah. Six days. That's awesome, man. So tell me about oh. your life. I mean, you're sitting on your couch right now. I mean, I am. this is yeah, a this is... view I've never seen in <laughs> all of our years of podcasting. It's always right. been that little room with the uh-huh. foam and uh, your drum set in front of yep. you. And so what's going on? I mean, yeah, it's, uh, a lot, it's crazy. I'm sure. This, this is, yeah, there's a lot going on. This is the, the first episode in the history of this podcast that I haven't recorded from my drum studio. And uh, I'm sure if you really listen, you could probably hear a difference just in the room sound because that room was dead. I mean, there was no reverb at all. Uh, so I uh, last week I tore that room down, uh, took down all the acoustic foam, and I uh, sanded and primed the walls and got hmm. all my gear packed up. And, um, yeah, I... I don't remember if I mentioned it in the last episode, but I, uh, my wife and I recently bought a new house. And, uh, so we are in the process of, of moving and, uh, getting mortgages pushed through and closing dates mm -hmm. scheduled and inspections. By and the way, renovations, <laughs> you guys yeah. are moving to this funny uh, you, your new street address is like silly string ave isn't it or, or is that <laughs> silly string ave no not quite <laughs> no 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 Where but good good from? good try uh <laughs> i'm not gonna say it on uh on uh on the on the podcast but <laughs> right <laughs> it is not silly string right that was probably uh, <laughs> not very responsible me i'm glad i wasn't yeah. right yeah you were okay. not right uh but we are yeah we are moving uh so the mm -hmm. the room was torn down and mm -hmm. uh, I am sitting here looking at uh, all these road cases and uh, <laughs> just various gear sprawled out across my, uh, my basement floor right now. So I'm sitting on my mm -hmm. couch with uh, kind of just a quick rig of uh, portable recording gear. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's how we're making this happen today. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's going to be a good one. I'm excited about our topics. We came up with them. Um, I don't know, an hour ago, <laughs> something mm -hmm. like that. And uh, it's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. Different locations than normal, but uh, no less exciting. Yep. Put it that way. Great. Maybe might might be more exciting, actually. Yeah, it might be. Uh, Keep you on your toes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So uh, our topics today, um, we've got... Um, for drums, uh, so for the drum topic, we might we might have talked about this before, but uh, a friend of mine reached out to me, and he was like, "Hey, ma'am, do you guys did you guys ever do an episode on warming up?" 
And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We definitely have. And so I started looking through our episode list. Uh, <laughs> and sure enough, out of all 95 episodes that we had recorded up until this episode, uh, we never, at least not per, not clearly, it wasn't the, the subject of the podcast mm-hmm. episode, uh, we never hit on warming up. Really? I couldn't believe it. I could not believe wow. it. Um, so that one's been kind of fresh on my mind. So today we're going to go through... Uh, not just warming up, but um, kind of keep, you know, what it takes to keep your body in drum mode. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, how to warm up, how to wind down, and kind of everything in between Mm -hmm. there. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's our drum topic today. And then our faith topic or our life topic is... um, I was gonna say, I was gonna say all the small things, <laughs> uh, but really what it, what it is is the little things. Um, and That's funny. Uh, we're gonna, I'll, I'll get get more into that once we get there. But yeah, good. All yeah. right. Well, I'll start off with the drum topic. Yeah, um, sounds good. I have a, I have a little, I have a very relevant story or sequence of days on tour um, to draw from for this. So how do you warm up to play a show? How do you warm up to play an 85-minute show? How do you warm up to play metal drumming where you go from 0 to 100 like that? Click track, speeds are the same every night. Light shows programmed to the click track. It's all MIDI. You have to be on. You have to be up to speed. Um, a lot of pressure, high stakes, and you want to be ready for it. So there's the physical aspect of it. I want to be warmed up. I don't want to be cold. And there's the mental aspect of it. How do I get myself in the right headspace to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. And then I would argue there's another um, category, spiritual, the spiritual warming up for this. And that's not something I ever really heard or thought a whole lot about until this tour. Hmm. So let me explain what I figured out. We left for this tour, and I had a hard time the first week, week and a half. I felt like I was warming up on my pads the same as I've done for years and years and years and I'd get up on stage and I just was not comfortable. I felt like I was playing the drum set when I was warming up and I felt like when I got up on stage I was climbing Mount Everest from like base camp 3 and I felt like I'd gotten myself to base camp 3 and warming up and I, I, I'm, I'm ready. Like it should, mm-hmm. it should be seamless. I'm kind of sweaty warmed up my legs, warmed up my ankles warmed up my hands I've played through some of the songs, I'm playing well, and I get up there to play the same exact songs on my kit. It just feels so foreign. Yeah. So a little bit about my practice kit. I have a Black Gibraltar pad. It used to be about 50 bucks. Now it's around 60 or 70. In my opinion, it's the best pad for warming up your feet. I have the exact same pair of pedals I use on stage, off stage, with my practice kit. I also have the same throne. I have a snare stand, and I have my Roland electronic snare pad i also have a hi-hat on this tour it's an electronic hi-hat with the you know a real dw 3000 stand and the pad so it, it's a pretty decent setup it's more than i've had in the past and honestly tim it was just not cutting it, it i just hmm. really felt like i was behind the eight ball so i thought all right josh allen quarterback for the buffalo bills i've heard that he listens to jazz before he plays now think of the pressure and the high stakes that that guy's up against. Mm. Every play, every move that he makes is analyzed. 
I might think that's the case with me playing drums in this band. <laughs> it's obviously not. I have a high standard for myself, so I actually criticize myself on that level. Every yeah. beat or every stroke, um, everything that I do. But right. obviously that's not what the general audience is doing. It's not even what, what my band or my front of house engineer is doing. And he's very aware of, uh, of, of the parts and how they should be played. So, okay, Josh Allen listens to five jazz songs before he plays a football game. Super high stakes. He plays better when he's relaxed. Huh. Why does he do that? Well, it lowers his heart rate. It lowers his heart rate. So you have this adrenaline. You have all this. Drums are up on a riser. Spotlight's on them. I want to see this guy rip, and your heart just, your, your heart rate just goes, you know, sky high. Your palms get sweaty. You think, I need to, you know. I need to lay in. And that's sort of a programming thing, right? Mentally, over the course of so many years, we as drummers look at a drum set on a riser in the the spotlight and think, I need to give it everything I've got. Mm -hmm. When we pull back from that, actually, we see the Josh Allen approach, which is I play better when I'm relaxed. I'm at my best when my heart rate is low, and I'm I'm, I'm actually just having fun. I'm playing as if... The stakes really aren't that high, and the pressure's not as hyped up as what I think it is. And uh, you're just playing football. Yeah. How do I get to the point where I'm just playing drums? So I thought, all right, I'm going to try jumping rope. Get my heart rate up a little bit, get sweaty, and then I can just come down, and I can seamlessly go on stage. It was Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. <laughs> and I did this and I got up on stage hadn't done this before on the tour and I struggled worse than I had on the entire tour it was horrible I felt like I couldn't catch up to the click I felt like I was just fumbling my way through every part and the more that I tried the worse it was and mm. I knew that I was forcing it I knew I was pushing it but I just I couldn't sit back like I got off on the wrong foot it was so frustrating oh my huh. gosh and it wasn't until the drum solo, which is an hour and 10 minutes in, that I actually felt like, okay, now I'm good. Think about yeah. that. An hour and 10 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. Of struggling to play well and keep the click held together and play for the, for the music and give the fans everything they want, and you just feel dumb. Mm-hmm. So the next night, um, the next night, I believe, was a Heart Support Festival, and um, I warmed up on my pads. I played as hard as I could, and I played pretty well because I was forcing it. And if you force it, you can play pretty well, but you're not relaxed. And it was a shorter show. It was about half the length. So I knew I could force it. And it was outside, which changes the dynamic. You're playing in open air, tons of people. It's just a completely different vibe. Yeah, right. All right. Fast forward a couple days. We're working our way through Texas. I still hadn't quite figured this thing out. And we get to Arizona. And by this point, I figured out I'm going to go for a run. And on my run, I'm going to pray. And while I pray, I'm going to sort of box. That sounds kind of ridiculous, but I call it my boxing run. And uh, I'm not doing this the whole time. If you're looking at me right now, I'm just sort of air boxing. <laughs> yeah. But it's me. It's me. <clears throat> me almost getting ready for a fight. I'm gearing up for this fight. And in a way, that's what it was mentally. I was, I was gearing up for this battle, and up until this point, I felt like 
I had the right tools. I just, I couldn't, couldn't find them. Like, I didn't know where yeah. they were. And I started praying internally. And then I realized I was getting, distra- <laughs> I was getting distracted because I'm running down the sidewalk in a random city doing some boxing, starting to get sweaty. I got my beanie on. I got my jacket on. I got my gloves on if it's cold enough. And I thought to myself, I'm going to pray out loud. So I started praying out loud. God, tonight we're in Phoenix, Arizona. God, I pray that tonight you would use me. It's not about me. It's about you. Pray that if I have a good show, I wouldn't get cocky. Pray that if I have a bad show, I wouldn't feel like hiding in a corner. This is not about me. This is about you. God, I pray that tonight you would actually work on me, that I would get off stage a better person than when I went on, that I would learn something, that I would grow, that I would get better. Pray for my wife. I pray for my home. I pray for my family. I pray for everyone that's coming to the show tonight. Please be with them as they get into this show. I pray that they would find what they need at this show. I pray that if something goes wrong on my kit, I wouldn't be focused on it. I could actually laugh at it. And if I play a part really well that's hard and maybe I'm not perfect at, I wouldn't say, oh my gosh, look at me. But I would just say, thank you, God. I worked hard (laughs) for this. Here I am. Something goes wrong with our show, it's okay. I can laugh at it, and it's really not about any of us on stage, but, but it's about what you can do through us, God. All the while, I'm running, okay? And boxing. <laughs> Devil Wears Prada <laughs> ends around, yeah, boxing. <laughs> so the Devil Wears Prada show ends around 9 o'clock. 9.01, I change into shorts, put my jacket, my beanie on, and I go for this run. 9.20, we play. So I give myself a short window. It's not this drawn out thing. And here's the thing. I I know that at nine o'clock I'm doing this. Right. So I don't have to worry at eight o'clock about my warm up. I don't have to worry at 830 about my warm up. I know at nine o'clock I'm doing this and that's it. I'm not going to lose myself in this like, oh, I got this big show. No, 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 it's okay. Just wait till nine, warm up, 920 you play. So I usually leave the bus around 905. I run till about 915. It's very short, 10 minutes get back, put on my ears, put my jacket and beanie in the bus, lock it up, go on stage, play the show. And Tim, it has been the biggest improvement in my just touring experience in general, knowing that there's a time I start doing this thing and that that's all I need to do. It's Mm. the most important thing I need to do and it's the only thing I need to do. And when things go wrong during the show, it's not devastating to me. I look at it and I say, I was almost just kind of prepared for this to happen. It's okay. And if I play really well, I check myself while I'm playing, like, good job. Oh, man, Matt, you just nailed. No, 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 no. Good. Good for you. You worked hard for that. But don't run with that thought. It's not all about Mm you. You're playing with this band of musicians on stage. It's about the show. It's about the entirety. It's about the music. It's about the lyrics. It's about the experience. Instead of it being like, Oh yeah, look at what you just did. Look how great you are. Puff your chest out. Or if you play poorly, you don't have to hide. You did your best. You did everything yeah. you could. You warmed up. You got your heart and your head in the right place. And now you go play the show. Yeah. Boxing run. Yeah. I like that. It's funny that you said that. So I don't know if I've ever told you this, but um, I used to do... I don't, I don't think I ever did like a crazy warm up, but I used to like make sure that I got the sticks 
and was doing some rudiments on a pad and was like basically just trying to get my drum chops in check Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. the show. And at some point I switched and I started doing just some drum stretches like with Mm. the sticks, making sure that my muscles were loose. Um, You know, I basically hold the stick and pull the stick back and, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of do do some of that. And then I actually do push-ups Mm-hmm. right before getting on stage because that's what got the blood rushing to my arms and mm-hmm. got the heart rate up a little bit and I would do it right before and that was pretty much my warm up was just mm-hmm. do some push ups <laughs> mm-hmm. and like and that's all I needed <laughs> um, and I always felt so much better because um, half the time that the warm up that I would do with my rudiments would not make me feel confident in my playing right um, I'd be too focused on, you know, like there were too many things that I was focusing on. It was about yes. warming up. It was about getting dr- like blood to the, to the hands. Yep. It was about like being, playing, playing perfectly on beat, playing the parts, whatever, what have you. There were so many things going on in my head yes. that I, I would mess something up and then I'd get even more in my head. Exactly. And so like all That's I really exactly need right. is to have the muscles stretch a little bit and mm-hmm. to have blood rushing through my through my veins that's that's it my heart rate up a little bit exactly um yep and so once i realized that really made an impact um and i think it's funny you know we always talk about um how a lot of it is a lot about drumming is is mental and i think that's kind of a true like a clear testament of that you know like you can actually kind of mess up your uh your performance a little bit just mm-hmm. by getting in your own head and sometimes warming up can actually be detrimental, mm-hmm. surprisingly enough, to your performance. Um, but uh, so what I wanted to talk about a little bit um, or hit on with this topic is, uh, so my friend that reached out to me asking if we had a um, conversation about warming up uh, was specifically um, asking about uh, like feeling sore after mm. playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was thinking about this a little bit, and I and I kind of told him like, you know, I'm out of practice. If I get on the kit now and play like I used to, or play for an extended yeah. period of time, I'm Forearms going to be sore burning. no matter what I do. Like it just oh, doesn't yeah. matter because those muscles aren't, um, you know, aren't stretched. And I think it's it really comes down to uh, how often are you playing? Like like warming like if you just come up to me and I have no context about how much you play or what style of music you play or what kind of drumming you want to do or how long you're going to practice for and you just say hey what's the best drum warm up I'm not going to be able to answer mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. right because there's I need to know a lot of things like mm-hmm. how long are you planning on playing when was the last time mm-hmm. you played you know there's so many things to it um, and I was like thinking about that because it's like I, I kind of related it to like rock climbing in a way um, I don't know if you go rock climbing, but I used mm-hmm. to go a lot. And I remember um, I hadn't gone in a long time. And I went back to it and was thinking it was going to be just like it was, you know, like just easy, just mm-hmm. climb climb this big, you know, this, this. Uh, I mean, I was, you know, harnessed in and everything, but just climb this rock wall. Sport climbing. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, no problem. But I remember like I, like I climbed the wall like twice and my fingers were burning like the joints mm-hmm. in my fingers were killing me my forearms mm-hmm. were burning mm-hmm. i was out of breath and i was like man like what what happened uh and then i was like thinking like 
when I first started climbing, this is what it was like. You know, my, mm -hmm. my muscles were not used to this type of, you know, wear and tear. My, uh, my body, my respiratory system was not used to this type of breathing and stress. Like it, it, rock climbing is not like running. Like you're not mm -hmm. out of breath in that way or out of breath because you're literally like, there's like a rhythm to it. And if you don't, if you're mm -hmm. out of practice with that rhythm, you, you know, you finish climbing that wall and you're like <laughs> seriously out of breath. <laughs> um, and so I was thinking about that kind of like drumming. I think there's like, when it comes to getting back to the kit and I'm going to have to learn this once again, once I start playing more often, mm -hmm. uh, there's a rhythm to it and there's a pacing. You need to be able to pace yourself. And you kind of hit on yep. this too yep. with, uh, with the types of shows you're playing. Like you, you mm -hmm. can, you can play half of your set. If you know, that's mm -hmm. all you're going to play is half your set. You can mm -hmm. push it to the limit and you'll know you'll yes. get through it. And it doesn't matter because once you're done, then it'll hit you. Right. When you have to carry that through double the amount of time, mm -hmm. there's a different pacing. There's a different type of breathing. There's a different type of playing entirely mm -hmm. that you have to uh, prepare for. And I think that's kind of how you have to approach your practice. You have to know your body. You have to know how to pace yourself. And then more importantly, you have to be able to expect the pain mm -hmm. <laughs> afterwards. Like mm -hmm. if you haven't played and you're about to play and you're going to just do these crazy fills and hit the cymbals and swing the sticks around, you're going to be sore. Like that's mm -hmm. your body telling you, Hey, I, this, what are you doing to me? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not used to this, you know, <laughs> you have to get used to it. And once you do get used to it, uh, you know, that soreness will, will fade. Um, it's kind of like a callus, in my opinion, like with guitar. Like anytime I stop playing guitar for a while and go back to it, I have to recallus all my fingers, and it's painful. But mm -hmm. once it's calloused, going back to the guitar and playing, it's not a problem. It's just all think, about your pacing. I think for practicing, I think I think you're you, you hit on something fifty percent of the way, and I just want to carry it the rest of the way. Is yeah, is please do. When you're practicing, um, practicing, look at practicing like warming up. If you are if you're playing in a band or you're playing for your church, look at the Sunday morning service or the show that you're playing with your band at night as the destination and you practicing at home when no one's watching, when no one's listening, that's your warming up. And what I mean by that is your muscle memory is your your best friend and your strongest asset. And if you practice intentionally in that mm -hmm. time, you can show up to the Sunday morning service or the the weeknight show and all you really have to do is get yourself calm right and get yourself Absolutely. excited to play mm -hmm. because you did the work you just yep. have to trust it that is and that's a hard true. battle that is a mm -hmm. hard battle it's it's a hard battle for me it's it's a hard battle for a lot of people to calm down another thing i've learned i've kind of messed this up and i want to retract or redact what i've said in the past i used to practice our set list while watching a movie or a TV show. I actually don't want to do that anymore. I, th I don't think it's as helpful as practicing while thinking about what I'm doing. In other words, mm. when you hear about somebody working out, like in the gym, uh, sometimes you'll hear about this idea of, of focus on the muscle movement. Like think about what muscle you're engaging. That's actually true of drumming too. If you think about what you're doing, think about each part, think about how the pedal 
specifically in my case, my left pedal, when it comes up, I play really well when I feel my foot follow the pedal. Well, it's going to be hard to do that if you're just kind of going through the motions, watching a TV show, playing through the show, which I've actually done for like two or three years. But I've been playing better than I ever have because I'm, A, I'm not worried about what people are thinking about me during the show. That's another thing I pray. God, please Mm. do not let me think about, keep me from thinking about what people are thinking. Keep me from getting into this whole idea of like fear of man. Yeah. Because when you do that, you're thinking about how you look, thinking about what facial expression you're making, thinking about not messing up, which is going to drive you to probably mess up. So just do everything you can to eliminate that when you're actually performing and, and think about what you're doing and the sound you're creating. When you're practicing at home, when no one's watching, that's you putting in the essential time so that you really don't have to do much when you show up to the gig. You really do not. Mm-hmm. In my case, it's, it's literally 10 minutes. And it's a really important yeah. 10 minutes. But it's mostly a battle of the mind. It's mostly right. getting yourself in the right position to um, play that show, to do that performance. The other thing I thought of when you were talking was that 45 minute show you kind of talked about that's that that's about half the length of our show Mm -hmm. so i can force it and i can make it because i know i don't i don't have to play as long i don't play as well when i'm forcing it i don't play as well when i'm pushing it i don't play as well when i'm trying to look impressive and i'm bringing my sticks way up and i'm trying to look like aaron gillespie um I, I play the best when I'm not concerned what people are thinking. I'm not concerned what people are, what, what people, how people view me. I am yeah. at my best when I'm playing with the right, from the right place, which is my goal is to do my best. And that means it's a success. Me doing my best is not a failure ever because I'm doing my best. Yeah. Me failing right. is me worrying about what people are thinking. Putting the time at home practicing, that's basically your warm-up. When you show up to the show, your main objective is to slow yourself down. You do not need to hammer your drums. You do not need to. That's what microphones are for. You can get the best tonal quality out of your drum and cymbal if you just let the stick do the work, if you let your ankle or your leg do the work, Mm -hmm. and don't push it. And I, I promise you, with enough practice beforehand, it will be so much more fun and enjoyable and easy and better sounding if you show up and you get yourself to a place where it's like I got to trust my muscle memory slow slow yourself down and just trust that you did the work now yeah. go do the job that's right yeah yeah that's that's 100% true the, if there's one thing that you're going to take out of this it's it's that concept exactly like put the work in at home when no one's watching have yeah. confidence in that and then do whatever you need to do to just have your body ready to play. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I just want to finish out this conversation with kind of what I feel is the an essential part of being warmed up, giving your body the best chance <laughs> at winding down and and all all in all just being the best you and and that's just taking care of your body. Yeah. Like just exercising, getting some kind of exercise. Like I love just mm-hmm. walking. Like I will walk any chance I get, I will walk for miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helps me because, 
I'm not, I'm not necessarily running. I'm not necessarily getting this crazy cardio workout. I'm not necessarily doing a crazy leg workout. But when I, get, when I do get back to the kit, it makes a difference. Those muscles are still toned. They're still being used. Mm-hmm. They're still, you know, in shape. And uh, whatever you need to do, whether it's, it's eating healthy, uh, you know, going for walks, going for runs, going to the gym. Um, I found that when I was lifting weights, that was really helpful for me. Um, so what, whatever, you know, any of those things, all of the above, <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. it is that you need to do to stay healthy and to feel good, um, that's going to help your mind. So the mental side of drumming is going to be mm-hmm. uh, aided there. Mm-hmm. Um, but additionally, the, the physical side, you won't be as sore if you're working those muscles yeah. Whether it's more drumming or or not, you know, if you're working those muscles after you finish playing, you're not going to be as sore. Um, you're going to kind of know how to wind yourself down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually found that doing some drum warm ups, so to speak, or what many consider to be drum warm ups, meaning getting back to the pad and, and playing for a little bit, was actually more helpful helpful for me after the show. Just to kind of wind down. Like I just played mm-hmm. this crazy strenuous set. Mm-hmm. And now I just need to like still move my arms a little bit, still move my, yeah. my wrists and my my feet, but just don't go crazy, you know, and just kind of work it mm-hmm. out of me. Sometimes there's just mm-hmm. so much energy, so much momentum and so much going on and I just need to work it out. So if anything, right. for winding down and for keeping yourself sane (laughs) just Mm -hmm. you know take what you think is the workout move it post set (laughs) to the post set (laughs) and and just uh and just focus on getting you know blood through your veins and and your heart rate up a little bit before getting on the on the kit for for me that for me that's water Water. if i drink a lot of water throughout the day during the show and after the show that's crucial hydration last night i was actually feeling some uh, discomfort in my traps mm-hmm. and um, you know that's not all that common for me to feel pain so when you brought this up like you know what if you're feeling sore feeling pain I mean I've been playing consistently every day with few exceptions for the last two months and you're feeling some stuff that you're not used to feeling mm-hmm. it's a lot of work it's a lot of yeah. work up there and it's true. Uh, it just kind of comes with the territory listen to your body for sure like mm-hmm. I, I could probably use some body work uh, when I get home just to work out some knots and I'm sure there's some stuff going on but yeah. you just got to listen to your body don't, don't ignore those signals or those red flags or yellow flags and in the meantime like you said drink a lot of water or like I said drink a lot of water like you said take care of your body yeah. exercise I mean this is mm-hmm. it's such common sense it's, it's, it's like if you take care of your body it'll take care of you if you take care yeah. of your vehicle it's going to take care of you yeah. Do your best to give your body the best chance of making it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, just like athletes, you know, they do so much throughout the week to mm-hmm. keep their body in shape and to, you know, help their muscles relax. And, you know, they're, they're getting work done all the time. <laughs> they're taking mm-hmm. ice baths. So they're doing the, the whole nine to prepare for this thing. Um, and I like... Like I noticed at one point I was cramping a lot when I was playing, mm. like my hand would cramp. Um, and so instead of using my wrist and my fingers, I'd be gripping the stick because I oh, was yeah. cramped up. And so I started eating bananas because bananas mm-hmm. have potassium and potassium helps with cramping. So like listen to your body is exactly right. Figure mm-hmm. out like what's going on and do 
you know, put your best foot forward to help yourself in those situations because mm-hmm. there's, in most cases, a solution. <laughs> you mm-hmm. just have to do it. Um, <laughs> and water's great too. Hydration, psh, nothing better. Uh, that'll also mm-hmm. help with the cramping. So. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We could probably talk a lot longer about this topic, but um, we'll we'll cut it off there um, <laughs> and uh, move into our next topic, um, which is uh, all the small things, <laughs> the little all things, all the little things. <laughs> yes, so sir. so I I'll take this one away first. Um, okay, and you can follow up because I think I think you might have more to say, but I have a a launch sure. pad for us. Yeah, please. Okay, so do you know how we were talking about this podcast and over the course mm-hmm. of however many years we've had it, we can look back and um, it's, a, it's a neat thing to have in our personal lives to know how far we've come. You look back and you, you see all of these things that have happened <laughs> in our lives and I wouldn't say any of them are huge or monumental. I'd say it's been small baby steps the entire way. With, mm-hmm. with few exceptions. Now, as you're listening to this, in your life, you can look back and you can probably see some big things that have happened. But I want you to just kind of adjust that rearview mirror and, and look, look closely at them. Are they really big? Are they really that monumental? Or as you look back on it, does it just seem like they are? Is it made up in your mind? Is it embellished? Is it exaggerated? Is it under a microscope? I have a good example of this. When I was a kid, I felt like my dad spent all this time with me. And whenever we'd go out camping or, or say we were working on the farm or we were on a, a trip for his work to pick up tree seedlings out in western Pennsylvania, I felt like that stuff happened all the time. Oh, yeah, dad always used to take us out there. Oh, yeah, we always used to do stuff like that together. Well, I talked to my dad about this recently, and I thanked him for spending all this time with me and being so active in my life as a kid. He said, Matt, I wasn't around that much. I was working 80 hours a week. I I think we only made that run out west to pick up the tree seedlings twice, maybe three times. Mm -hmm. Camping, I mean, we went on some camping trips, but it definitely wasn't every year. And you start to evaluate this, and you think, oh, my gosh, it's only a big deal in my head because... Um, it was important to me. Yeah. Right? It was a positive thing. Now I'll look at some of the more negative things that hurt a little more to look at. In the past five or six years, I've gone through some things and they just seem so massive. But who's telling you that it's massive? You're making it that way in your narration of your life story. And the more that you can rewrite things, not, not that you're going back and changing them, but that you're making new memories. Yeah. Those things in the past that seem huge, all of a sudden get a little smaller, get a little smaller, get a little smaller, get a little smaller, because you're adding more pieces to the puzzle. Right. It's, it's not that you are taking away from that experience. You're just making new memories and adding in all these new, small, tiny steps or memories or chapters mm-hmm. or features in your life that are just a continuation of where you've come from. It's really yeah. that simple. If you stop living, if you... If you say, I'm done, I've gone through so much of my life, I can't do it anymore, then those things in your life get bigger in the past. They get more monumental. They get more traumatic. They get more embellished. And it's an overwhelming mountain in your past that's shadowing any amount of sunlight. I would argue 
the, the small steps, the small things in your life matter a lot more than the big. And if you look at your life and you say, I don't know how many small things there are. I just see a couple big things. It's because, it's because you, you're not viewing every day as an opportunity to do something else, to make yeah. new memories. Right. Every day is important. Every encounter you have with um, a new experience or every conversation you have with a stranger or every um, you know, transaction you have with someone is important in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you view it like that, then suddenly everything starts to matter. Instead of, like I was saying earlier, you can fall prey to this idea of like, oh man, look in the rearview mirror. These, these big things happened and I can't change them and now nothing matters anymore. And it just robs you of yeah. your joy to make new memories. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's actually exactly where I wanted to go with it. Um, and I, I guess the, the umbrella over, this, over all of this is that uh, s- small things add up. Mm-hmm. What, what got me thinking about this was, was that I read, um, I read a quote, and I'm going to read it here because uh, this just got my mind going. And um, So the quote is, reading 20 pages per day is 30 books per year. Saving $10 per day is $3,650 per year. Running one mile per day is 365 miles per year. Becoming 1% better per day is 37 times better per year. Small habits are underestimated. I read that and I was like, that is so true. Hmm. And I am the type of person, my personality is that I will kind of shrug off little things. It's not worth my time. It's not big enough. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to check off something big. <laughs> I, need to, mm-hmm. I need to take on something huge. These little things, mm-hmm. not worth my time. But that's not mm-hmm. the case. And I've learned that more and more as a parent uh, because time is fleeting Mm-hmm. And my kids, like, it's so funny seeing the perspective of time to them. And as you get older, it feels like time's going faster, and that's because you've experienced more of it, right? When you're younger, you have less to go off of. You know, you, like, a year, when you're, when you're two, it's half your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a year doesn't go by as fast when, you're, when it's half <laughs> your life. You know, and, and so once that dawned on me, it's like, like all of these little moments with my kids, you know, matter so much. I was playing a video game with, uh, with my oldest who's six now. And, um, you know, he's just, he's just been watching me play. It's like an adventure game. And, um, when I was playing it with him, I was like thinking back to my dad playing uh, an Indiana Jones adventure game on the PC with mm-hmm. me and I'd sit there and watch him every night playing this video game and I remember that time so fondly I'll never forget it it was just pl- sitting next to my dad while he played a video game like it's not that big mm-hmm. of a deal it's such a small thing in comparison to so many other things that I've experienced in life mm-hmm. but I will remem- remember that time long past some of these other big things that I've experienced 
And so I was thinking about that with my son. I was like, years down the road, I could be on my deathbed, and he could be, hey, remember, remember that time mm-hmm. you were playing Uncharted 2 with me? Remember mm. that? You know, <laughs> and like that is so and, true. And it's it you can just, use it now yeah. as a parent, just like your dad might have been thinking the same thing about you, or maybe yeah. he wasn't, but he had the he, same. I yeah, same and I told him the other day. He was over, and I told him I was like, you know, I was like thinking about this the other day. Remember when we used to play this game? I was like, this is what I'm doing with my son now. Like I hope that that means something, you know. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it's just really, it's really cool. Kind of put a lot of things in perspective for me because in my mind, I'm sitting down and playing a video game, and I have so many other things to do. And this is, I should not be wasting my time with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is something that my son might remember for the rest of his life. It might be a mm-hmm. core memory of him and me spending time together, just like it is with mm-hmm. me and my dad. And so it just it meant so much more in that moment when I started putting that together. Um, but I think it's it I think everything we experience in life has to be thought about that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we can't take ourselves too seriously to the point where every single little decision that we make we scrutinize <laughs> and mm-hmm. wonder did I just you know completely uh, mess with the the infrastructure of the future you know like we can't think about it that way but we do have to realize that like little things do make a difference mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to like making habits and um, setting things in motion and just recognizing the importance of the little things even though they might look smaller than mm-hmm. the big things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, For example, I, I remember, I remember a time. It, it, sometimes it can be embarrassing things too that you remember and you kind of hype up. Um, there was a time when my neighbor came over, and he asked me uh, if I knew what the word fornicate means or fornication. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, I was just a little kid. This guy's this guy's bullying me. Happened. You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm I said like, to remind you of that. But uh, I'm like, yes. Yes, I do know what that means, sir. It means when you I'm not really sure what it means, okay, but I'll figure it out one day. And sure enough I did. But that was a moment I'll never forget when this guy's first name's Dan. Um, he was he lived across the street from me. He asked me about that, and I was just this little kid traumatized because I, I knew it was probably a swear word or something that my parents didn't want me to know about. I had no idea what it was. No idea how to answer it. Oh gosh, yeah, that was a that was a really good uh, analogy. Why are you laughing about this? Did like this that. did this happen to you too? Never happened to me. No, no. Okay. <laughs> But uh, good for you, Tim. You were not <laughs> sheltered and homeschooled like me. <laughs> anyway, it's a good point. It's a yeah. good point that you make about how, you know, you think back. Like if you're listening to this, think back to some of the some of the positive moments you had as a kid, and try to just imagine like, were they actually really that big? Were they that monumental? Mm-hmm. Were they were they that common that you you um, you look back and you say, oh my gosh, this happened all the time, or this was just such a great thing. And you, and you tell your parent or you tell your friend about it who was there to witness it or had a part to play. And the, I almost guarantee you, that you, I almost guarantee you they'll say, oh my gosh, how do you remember that? 
Or yeah. wait, really? That was a big deal to you? Mm. It's surprising. Like, I, I'm, I, I can't even remember that. Or that, that, that hardly yeah. ever happened. That's, that's cool that you remember. Yeah. It's crazy. I think it's, you know, when you think about life that way, it really does, does change how you approach it, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I think it enables, at least it enables me to, to live in the moment a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Which I think is important. You have to plan ahead. You know, but you do have to live in the moment and um, experience it. Like even I was like with with the house and everything, you know, moving and packing up stuff. It's really mm-hmm. made me just like question myself. Like, did I really appreciate this house? Mm. You know, was it all? It was always a stepping stone. You know, the plan was like, okay, we're gonna buy this house and then, right. you know, we're gonna build some equity and then we're gonna sell and we're gonna move on to the next place. But did I ever really appreciate? being here because now I do now that I'm packing mm-hmm. this up and I'm realizing man my days here are limited mm-hmm. now I appreciate it did I miss out right. on seven years of appreciating this house mm. and I know this is this sounds trivial to me <laughs> as I'm saying it out loud but it you know but how many things in my life do I uh, take for granted how many things yeah, in my life that's do exactly I right. uh you know, go, go about approach this way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And especially when it comes to my family and my kids, like that is not how I want to live. You know, I want to be, I want to be present and I want to, um, make every moment count. I want to experience it. I want to appreciate it, you know? And, um, and I also want to, you know, maybe, take notice of little things that I can do. I mean, that last line in the quote really is what hit me the most Mm -hmm. is become 1% better per day. You're 37 times better each year, you know? Right. So like, what is that 1% that you can do every day that makes you just a Mm -hmm. little bit better? What is that thing? Identify that and start small because that small thing is going to be huge in a year's time, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is 100% true. You need to, as an adult listening to this, form good habits in your life. You need to be responsible for the things that you do. You need to take ownership of the things you're doing, the decisions you're making, the choices that you are deliberately making every day. They matter. And it might seem insignificant. They might seem small. They might seem, they might seem inconsequential. But I promise you, if you if you pan it out over the course of time, you can trace back every good or terrible thing that's within your grasp, within your control, back to the, to the moment you decided, I think I'm gonna do this, and it's usually not this big decision. It's just a small yeah. one. Right. Um, for me, it's making that little 10 minute run before I play a show. It's such a small thing, but man, is it a habit that once formed, I really don't want to, play a show without it Mm. it it, it's it it's guiding me and and to your point about like becoming better each year um (laughs) yeah i pray that god makes me better with every show you know me personally Mm -hmm. right yeah that's perfectly in line and like it's it it really like makes it sound simple when you Mm -hmm. think about like say like maybe you recognize that social media is toxic to you, but maybe you're not at the point where you can let it go. 
Like I can't mm-hmm. stop being on social media. Like that, that, that'll never happen. But maybe you start by saying, I'm going to spend one less minute today mm-hmm. on social media. You know, yeah. maybe it's this week. Maybe I'm going to spend one less minute on social media this week. Mm-hmm. Then next week, I'm going to spend one less minute on social media this mm-hmm. week. And you work your way down. This is like with, with anything. Whatever you think you're struggling with, if you approach it that way, I'm going to do this just a little bit less. I'm going to just yeah. baby steps, baby steps. Yep. Wean yourself off. Um, weaner yourself off. That's the, yeah. That's how you got to do it, right? Absolutely. You have to do it that way. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. It's profound, Tim. Um, yeah. Let's wrap this up. I'm in a hotel lobby, and uh, as you can <laughs> tell, things are getting there. out of control. <laughs> yeah, it this is going to be a tough edit for you. Yeah, it's okay. And you have to do it in about an hour. So this I've episode releases an yeah. in an hour and uh, 34 minutes. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast, write a message to Tim Anderson. Let him know you appreciate <laughs> his hard work. Because in the midst of everything he's doing in life, he has to put together an episode like this in about an hour. Which is, it's okay. Which is a feat. It's all right. But it can be done. Yeah. And it won't be the first time you've ever done it. <laughs> it won't, it won't <laughs> be the first so time. Sad. I guarantee it will not be the last. It's okay. It will not it's be the, the last. nature. Yeah. It's the nature of, yeah. of uh, our lifestyles. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's partly why we're still doing a podcast together, because we can Hotel we can lobby get her done. for me and living room, basement, <laughs> yeah. sofa in transition for you. Yeah. Wherever in, you are listening to this, New Jersey, thank you. You're in Dingle Schnitt, wherever you are. No idea. Yes. That's pretty similar. That was yeah. good, Tim. <laughs> Proud of you. Uh, thank you for listening to this. Wherever you are, we appreciate you giving us some time. You could be listening to anything and anyone, and you chose Holy Ghost Notes, and we really appreciate that. We, yeah. we, uh, we love that we get to do this, and the conversations we have here are meaningful to us, and I hope they're meaningful to you and helpful to you. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you yeah. think. Uh, send us an email, mattandtim at theholyghostnotes.com. You can check out our Patreon. We have a bunch of different tiers. You can sign up and support us. We have a community called the Inner Circle. Lots of different perks on there, and just probably the, the best perk of all is that there's a bunch of people who have joined before you um, who have been a part of this, some, some of which are, have been there since the beginning. And yeah. uh, it's, it's just a way to follow up this conversation with a conversation of your own. And you can support us to keep us alive. We are almost at 100 episodes. This group behind me is as excited as I am about that. And uh, so we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, please uh, drop a review. Uh, I think Spotify takes reviews now, too. So if you're listening on Spotify, drop us a review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, drop us a review. It helps a lot, apparently. That's what I've been told. Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't seen evidence of that, but <laughs> would love the review regardless. Uh, yeah. And uh, like Matt said, hit us up, Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com if you have anything to, to add, contribute, questions, concerns, you know how, you know how it goes. Uh, or hit us up on social media, at Holy Ghost Notes. Make sure you're using that hashtag, Holy Ghost Notes, on your drum videos. Love to see them. And that about wraps it up. I'm going to start editing this thing and minutes <laughs> you know what time it is three yeah, two do. one be, be-